space and a good place, blessed as they should be. Uh, of course, there are a lot of things happening in our world today that uh, some can get worried what is going on. But I think we are in the hands of the Lord and we, we look up to him. Uh, so this afternoon, I just want to really uh, uh, start a direction uh, in which uh, I think these this few days are going to go. And uh, I want to uh, draw your attention to um, the, the scripture in the book of Matthew chapter 5. You know, uh, Matthew chapter 5 is uh, the first uh, public speech that Jesus was giving, uh, which is recorded in the book of Matthew. And uh, it's more like a, it's more like a foundation, okay, uh, what God has laid down uh, to make us understand uh, the ecclesia of God, you know, the kingdom of God. So uh, the true image of the ecclesia, you know, and I say ecclesia, I don't want to say church because church is uh, uh, misunderstood. Uh, the ecclesia is uh, the people called out of darkness into his wonderful light. And uh, I, I think it's very important for us to understand that God has come into this world in the person of Christ, you know, uh, manifesting as Jesus, the man, okay? But it's the eternal Christ who became flesh, okay? And when he came, he came uh, to establish something new. I mean, you all know that he said uh, later on, uh, I will build my ecclesia, okay? Yes, of course, you have uh, read it always as my church, but it's, uh, the real word is the ecclesia, okay? I will build my ecclesia, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. Now, we must understand uh, that there is a lot of confusion of what the true ecclesia is in the world, okay? The true ecclesia, the, the kingdom of God that he is building, is not has nothing to do with, with boasting, has nothing to do with uh, the supermen in the kingdom of God, the super apostles as they were even uh, uh, already masquerading during the days of uh, the Apostle Paul, you know. But it has got something to do with great humility. It has got something to do with the righteousness and justice that God is uh, seeking in this world. That which was totally absent before he came that is what he has come to establish. And I think this is being very, very clearly expressed in the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount, as it is also called. You know, and of course, I, I may not necessarily go through the whole Sermon on the Mount, but just through the first part, which is the Beatitudes. And uh, the Bible tells us here, as Jesus began to teach them, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, it's very important for us to understand that um, God has come to establish his kingdom, make the kingdom of God available, which to sinners was, sinners was not available. Nobody could enter the kingdom of God because we were, we were having a blockage, you know, the sin kept us out. And so uh, when Jesus came, 
uh, he made it first of all very, very clear that there is now entrance in the kingdom, into the kingdom of God, but it's only for those who are not coming with their own boasting, with their own righteousness, with their own, you know, uh, filthy rocks, but those who are coming poor. Okay, that means those who are empty that he can fill. And I think it's important, you know, that uh, that principle is seen in every one of our congregations. We are always on the lookout for new experiences with our God. We are always on the lookout for uh, and, and hungry for what God can, can give us. Once we become self-confident, uh, things have gone into the wrong direction. So uh, it's very clear that Jesus is laying a foundation here. Blessed are the poor in spirit, okay? Uh, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So when we remain uh, open, when we remain poor in, in, in our own abilities, in our own wisdom, in our own righteousness, then God can fill us. And that's how we access the kingdom of God, okay? That's how God's kingdom comes to us. Uh, God desires to live in each and every one of us. He desires to live in our, in our homes and in our, in our congregations. Uh, but it is only possible when he finds entrance uh, through empty spaces, you know, that we give him in our hearts. When we are uh, poor in spirit, not when we are filled with our own uh, ideas and our own righteousness, but when we are remaining before him poor in spirit. He continues and says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, this is a list of blessings that each and every one of us can be able to access very easily, okay? Jesus says, blessed, 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 blessed. So in other words, if you want to be blessed, uh, here is the way how to access the blessings. Okay, number one, you keep yourself poor in spirit. That means if you are poor in spirit and you come to before him uh, with an empty heart, you know, that he can fill, then you are blessed. Okay, you are blessed if you are not overly self-indulgent uh, and self-confident, like uh, we see it very often happening in our contemporary church, you know, in, the, in this world, that people are going around with all kind of uh, boastings and, 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 and uh, you know, showing off, you know, these are the, the things that are being masqueraded in front of the world to show these are, these are the true super apostles that are here today. You know, no, actually, we should not come like that. We should come mourning. Uh, what should we mourn for? Uh, it's not that we have got a negative uh, uh, connotation. That's not what it says. Mourning means, you know, uh, you, you have uh, lost something that needs to be restored, isn't it? You know, when you are mourning, that means you have lost a loved one, and that's how you mourn. Okay. And when we come to the Lord, you know, we should, we should mourn for uh, that which we have not yet seen growing in our lives. 
Okay? There is a measure of uh, maturity that we have not yet reached. You know, as I think you know very well in the book of uh, Ephesians, uh, the Bible t- tells us in chapter 4 that we should come to the full measure of Christ. Okay? And if that measure is not in you or in me, then we should actually come mourning because, you know, there is a lot of uh, mileage to be covered. We are not supposed to, you know, say, okay, just forget about it, you know, we're coming with, with uh, great self-confidence. And, you know, what, what I'm saying is not that we should not have self-confidence, but we should not have false self-confidence, okay? We should not uh, uh, behave as if we could do things that we cannot, okay? There are things that only God can do. And I think this is the basic principles, or these are the basic principles that Jesus shows us in this passage of scripture. You know, we, we must recognize that there are things that we cannot do for ourselves. You cannot renovate your life so that God is happy with your life. That renovation is a waste of time, okay? You need to come uh, before him so that he can be able to build you. Okay, all of us, we need to come before him fully aware that there is still a lot of work to be accomplished. There's still a lot of work to be, to be done in our lives. And uh, we need to give him the opportunity to do that. Okay, so that's how we get blessed. Okay, when you allow God to say, God, have your own way in me, you know, create in me a clean heart. Okay. You see, uh, our friend uh, David, he was a man after God's heart. But then, of course, he went astray. Okay, and he he thought he could do whatever he wanted. After all, he was a king. He forgot, of course, that he was a king by the grace of God. Okay, and, uh, you know, sometimes it's the same thing happening. You know, you're maybe in ministry and you become self-confident, but you forget that uh, you are in the ministry for the sake of Christ. He has called you and he has equipped you. Whatever you have, it is not something that you should boast of, but it's something that God has given you in order to do the ministry. And you know, the more grace we are given, the more dangerous it can become that we think, I I will wing it, you know, I will do it my own way. No, we must understand that uh, we come to him in in a... humble position, you know, we, we say, Lord, I thank you for what you have done in my life, but I know more needs to be done. And you see, this is true for everyone. You know, it doesn't matter how much of a hero of faith we have become, uh, we still need to allow God to deal with those spots and wrinkles in our lives that he needs to deal with, okay? Because the bride needs to be without spots and wrinkles. The, 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 the bride needs to become without, you know, needs to be eventually without blemish, without blame. And if that cannot happen, then the bride cannot be presented to the Father, okay? The bride cannot enter to, to, the, to the place where it is. And that's why, you know, there is always uh, an element of mourning in our lives because we should be, we should be realizing, you know, there is still work to be done inside of us, okay? So we need to allow God to bless us. And uh, we, 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 we get blessed when we, when we have that uh, 
posture, that perspective to say, God, I've come here. I know there are certain things that are not, not all right. Okay. Maybe we have sometimes lost our temper. You know, sometimes we have uh, gone overboard in one side, on one side or the other. And we tell, tell him, Lord, uh, I mourn because I know uh, I'm not yet fully reflecting your nature. And it needs, it needs to happen. And that's why, you know, Jesus says this as one of the first uh, Beatitudes, you know. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Okay? In fact, they will be comforted because God will do things that we cannot do ourselves. We'll be comforted because he is going beyond what we can ever achieve uh, in, in our own ability in the flesh. Okay? Now, you know, we have, we have a certain idea of what we should be, of how we could, uh, you know, be transformed and changed. But then some of uh, the things that we would love to see in our own lives, we cannot, we haven't got the capacity to change it. So we need to come before him. And, you know, this is the whole idea here. And, uh, you know, when we say this is a foundation, uh, the, the, the foundation is all about we being in close proximity with Christ, okay? In other words, you cannot be blessed if you are on a distance, okay? You can only be blessed if you are tied to the heads, okay? You see, uh, Jesus is using that, uh, that very important principle of the body and the head. Okay, Christ is the head, we are the body, okay? Uh, and you know, that type of leadership is very different from every other type of leadership. You know, if you think about uh, somebody who is a manager or CEO or, or a president or a king or, or, or you know, a, a dictator, or whatever the case may be, you know, those people, they can afford, all these people I've mentioned now, they can afford to make decisions regardless of whether people like it or not, okay? Somebody who is uh, the boss of a company, you know, maybe has got uh, 50 people and then a business is going by, he goes into his office, he takes a pen, he, he cuts out 15 people from his workforce. Okay? He's a boss, he can do that. You understand? Regardless of what will happen to them, okay, it, it, will, it will be painful probably for, for them. Somebody could, you know, there were, the other day there was a, a news item that somebody went on, on, on uh, I think, on social media. And that was a big company, I think, with, I don't know, 10,000 people. And I think he fired, in one stroke, in one small thing, he said he's firing half of them. Okay? If you're a boss, you can do that, okay? But if you're a head, you cannot do that. You understand? If you, as a, as a, a as a human being, find that your fingers are paining, are you going to cut them off? Okay? So what are you going to do? You can't fire your, your foot or your, your, your arm or, or whatever, you know? You can't fire any one of your organs. Actually, if, you, if you're not well, then you have to go to be uh, in the hands of uh, an expert to restore these things. Okay, because otherwise you are, you are going to de diminish yourself. So all of us, we must understand we are members of the body of Christ. And Christ 
is not there to cut us out. Christ is there to make us whole. Okay, Christ is to make us reflect his nature, to be like him. And, and, and that is what uh, we, we will see when we are really connected to him. You know, uh, I've said this uh, many times in, in, in some counseling. Uh, if you are disconnected from the head, even if there is only a very, very tiny space in between the head and the body, what happens? The, 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 the head is dead, the body is dead, isn't it? It cannot work. Because all the, the, you know, the connections that are there, you know, whether it's bones or whether it's nerves or whatever it is, they need to be intact. There, there needs to be the flow from the head to the body. And that's exactly what we see in the Beatitudes, you know. What Jesus is showing us is this is the basic principle, or the, these are the basic principles that we, we need to see in our, in our relationship with Christ. This is the true nature of the ecclesia. The ecclesia is the body. And the body cannot afford to have not even a millimeter, not even a, a, a you know, a, a thousands of a millimeter in between the head and the body, because if that is happening, then the body is dead, okay? That, that cannot happen. Now, in, in, in the case of Christ, he's the head and he's always alive, you know, but for us who are, who are um, you know, uh, disciples of the Lord, we cannot afford to be disconnected. And the, the problem today is that we have, uh, that we have a church that is largely disconnected from God, okay? Largely disconnected from the heads. That's a reality. I mean, that's why now I've used the word church and not ecclesia. You understand? The ecclesia cannot afford to be, to be separated from the head. But the church, you know, the, what you're seeing in the world today is very largely disconnected from the heads. You know, what is happening in the church is not reflecting the nature of Christ. And that's why, you know, it's good for us to go back to the beginning, good to go back to the foundations, and the foundation is very clear. You know, we will be blessed when we are giving God the ability to fill us. That means we are poor in spirit. We are blessed when we mourn because we realize a lot of stuff still has to be done in my life. Okay? We are blessed when we are meek. Because then we will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, this is very contrary to what you're seeing in the world, even right now. Huh? The people think, you know, the more power you have got, the more uh, uh, tongues you have got, the more soldiers you have got, you are going to take the, you grab the land. You know, like what we see now in the Ukraine. You know, the Ukraine is being, uh, 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 you know, uh, attacked because uh, Mr. Putin thinks that is his. Okay. So he, he, he shows all the power, all the strengths that he has, the military might, and that's how he wants to possess another country. Uh, a, a big country, you know, a, a very rich country for that matter. But you see, this is, not, this is not according to the principles of Christ. You will never inherit anything by force. You know, you inherit because you are given by the one who has decided to... to hand it over to you, okay? And, and that, is, that is the wonderful thing. You know, God is the one who is the owner of his, of his ecclesia. He is the, the owner of his kingdom. 
and we are joined heirs with Christ. Okay? We can't have something that Christ does not want to, want to have. Okay? You can see the, 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 the reflection that is given in the world is that the guys who are strong, they take what they want. Okay? We see this, you know, uh, uh, where there's a lot of crime, you know. Uh, uh, thank God uh, in Zambia we don't have that much crime, but enough, uh, enough of it anyway. You know, but in some countries, like in South Africa, you know, uh, people just go with their guns. You know, they just wait at your gate. They take whatever they want. Okay. There's, there's, they think they can do that because they have the weapons, they have the strength, they have got the whatever. You know, the the, the wrong understood courage. You know, to to steal from you. But uh, according to the kingdom of God, it's not working that way. Okay. The ones who are really blessed are the meek. And meek is not weak. In fact, for you to be meek, you have to be very strong. Okay? Because this is not according to our human nature. It's, it's a contrary to our human nature. So clearly, uh, God wants us to learn meekness. That means I'm not, I'm not bullying my way. I'm not doing even if I could, okay? But I'm, I'm willing to, uh, to allow God to bless me in his own ways, not according to what I think I can, I can grab for, for myself. But I allow God to do things according to his own ways of righteousness. That is what meekness is all about. I mean, Jesus was meek, okay? And... Uh, he was the most powerful individual who ever walked this earth. Okay? He was the one who created this earth, who created this world, who created the universe, you know? But he could afford to be meek. And unfortunately, you know, in the, in the church now, you notice when I say church and when I say ecclesia. Okay, you, you get my point. I say church when, when I talk about something which is not the way it should be. Okay, because church is not a word that we are supposed to use. Okay, so in the church of today, we have got a lot of people who, 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 who think they can, they can call the shots. And that is wrong. You know, if Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who created all things was coming into this world and was meek, okay, then... There is no other way for us but to walk in his very footsteps. Okay? Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Okay? And we know we are ever only joined heirs. So you can't inherit something which Jesus says, I don't want. Are you with me? So a lot of things that... Uh, are being looked for, being sought for in the contemporary church are not things that Jesus espouses in any way. So if Jesus does not espouse them, if Jesus does not want to inherit these things, why would you want? Okay, why would you want to inherit something that Jesus says, no, that's not, that, that's not right? So we can only be ever inheriting that which Christ has you know, 
painted before us in his word, which is worth to be inherited. Because we are joined heirs. Okay? We are like him. You know, he's the firstborn son, and he has made us firstborns as well. But if he is not taking some uh, hold of something, if, if he doesn't want to hold, take hold of something, then forget it. Don't, don't espouse uh, something like that. Because we inherit the earth. And of course, what this statement really fully means, we may not even fully understand. Okay? Because, you know, earth is a wonderful planet that God has created. But then, you know, uh, there are so many secrets that I don't want you to go into them right now. You know, the earth is full of the riches of God. Okay, look at all the, the minerals that we are getting from the ground. Look at all the life that the, the earth supports. You know, if, if, if uh, God would not have the, uh, created the earth the way it is, we could not live even for one second. Okay? This earth is in the right place. It gets the right amount of sun. It gets the right amount of rain. It gets everything ready because God put it inside. Okay? If you are living on a, on a, on a planet like Mars where there is no rain, you know, okay, you can carry whatever you can carry from here, but for how long? <laughs> that, that, is, that is impossible, you know? That's why, you know, many of these ideas that people have, no, we need to go to Mars or we need to go to another planet or we need to go to make a colony on moon. You know, uh, these things are not going to work because they were not created by God for that purpose. Okay? Uh, of course, people have got the idea to say maybe at one time there was water, maybe at one time there was this, was this, but it, today it's not there. Okay? Whether it was there at one time, it's immaterial because even if you go to Mars, and this is what some people are dreaming about, you know, that one day we are going to make colonies on Mars and we are traveling there. First of all, of course, the journey takes you too long. How many times can you make the journey back and forth? You're going to be dead by then, you know? So uh, that, that is immaterial, you know? Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you cannot find water on Mars, how are you going to survive? It's not possible. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is, there is value on earth, value that God has invested in the earth that supports every one of us. I mean, now there are so many, so many people on this planet earth, you know, I don't know what the latest uh, figure is, but never mind, there are billions of people which are living on the earth and all of them are being supported. In fact, nobody is supposed to go hungry. If, if there was a better distribution network and people would not be so greedy, then it would not be a problem. Everybody could live fairly well, okay? So when, when the Bible says, when Jesus says, you know, those who are, who are meek, they will inherit the earth. That means when you inherit the earth, you inherit the earth with all the riches that are inside, okay? With all the life that it supports, okay? We are, we are just uh, still in the rainy season. And those of you who have planted something by now, you are smiling. Okay? Am I right? Because, because things are growing. I mean, growing very nicely, very fast. If you have not, then you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this is what the earth is all about. So in other words, if you inherit the earth, you inherit blessings. 
Okay? And Jesus is the owner of the earth. You know, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. Everything belongs to him. Okay? So let's, let's understand God is the one who has set out these pillars right from the very beginning so that we see his desire to, to see us blessed and see the, the ecclesia being blessed. Verse 6, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. I tell you, there are millions and billions of people who are hunger for, for more money. And they are not filled. The ones who are filled are only very few people, you know, maybe who are ruthless enough to, 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 to build an empire. Okay? But I want to tell you, if you are seeking that which God is desiring to give, you will be filled. Okay? You will be filled. And, and God wants to fill us with righteousness. And really, this you understand, this is the theme of our year. You know, that we seek uh, the Lord, our God, you know, and that we that we are filled with righteousness. It's now the time to seek the Lord as the Bible has, has told us and then, you know, he will shower us with righteousness. That is already uh, clearly manifested in the Old Testament. In the, in the scripture that really guides us for this year in Hosea chapter 10 verse 12, it says, uh, God speaks here, he says, he says, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow the hard ground of your hearts. Okay, very important. You know, our hearts are hearts. That's why we have to mourn. We have already talked about this. Because our hearts are not uh, in the kind of uh, soft conditions as they should be. Okay, so plow the hard ground of your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. So that is the desire of God, that he would come and shower righteousness upon every single one of us. You see, uh, we are destined to be in the family of God, in the presence of God. And in the presence of God, the principle that uh, rules is righteousness. Righteousness and justice are the pillars of his throne. So for you and me to get to God, it will never work without righteousness. Okay? That's why I hate crookedness so much, you know? Because crookedness cuts out God. And you know, I'm not just talking about crooked people. I talk even about the crookedness of my own heart. Sometimes, you know, you, you, you tell God, okay, I want this, I want this. And, and, and meanwhile, you are just trying to play a game. You know, sometimes we are very good in our prayers, uh, but we are, we, are, we are covering up what we really want. Okay? Haven't you, come, haven't you had people come to you who ask you something, uh, but this, what they are asking you is not really what they want. They are after something else. Okay? So we have to be very, very careful. And you know, uh, crookedness cannot survive in the presence of God. Okay? If we come crooked, 
then we cannot survive uh, in the kingdom of God. But then, you know, if we, if we force our way in a crooked way, we'll be thrown out. Remember what happened to that man who came without a wedding garment? Okay. Uh, when the master came and says, friend, how did you enter here? You know. He came in his own clothes. Maybe his own clothes were pretty good. So he thought it was, there was no need for him to change. But that means he was not undergoing the the uh, you know the transformation that God needed to give him okay now in the in the in the Middle East in those days uh, a wedding garment was given to you by the, the one who invited you okay so there was no excuse for you to come with your own clothes because you were provided with that wedding garment okay so this man came in without a wedding garment that means he rejected what he could have been given by the master of the of the wedding okay the 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 bridegroom was giving out the the wedding garments but this guy rejected it and he came with his own things and that's exactly what we are talking about here you know we we need to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness then god will give us okay if we come with our own righteousness, you know, uh, as scripture says very well, you know, you, you know that scripture, our righteousness before God is like filthy rags. It has no meaning whatsoever. It cannot satisfy any demand in the kingdom of God. And that's why, you know, uh, we will be blessed if we remain hungry, not for the things of this world. You know, this is where the... the the temptation always comes in, you know? And it's true for all of us, I'm telling you. It's true for every one of us. You know, you, you have friends who have got, uh, you know, maybe some things that you don't have. Maybe they have got money that you don't have. And all of a sudden, you know, before too long, you desire those things. Okay? Yes, of course, you are a child of God. Yes, of course, you are in the ministry, but you 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 feel like uh, uh, you know neglected you think i need to have these things and i'm not saying that things that can be making our life nice and better that they are wrong no that's what, not what i'm saying what what i'm saying is that the basic uh, you know tenant of our hearts is that we remain hungry for the things of God, okay? That we are remaining thirsty for his righteousness. Jesus himself said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, then all of these other things, and the other things he has described in chapter 6 of Matthew, just a little bit later, okay? They will be added to you. So in other words, you're not losing anything. But if your primary desire is to, you know, compete with the other guys around you, you seek the things that you seem not to be able to get, then uh, you are not going to get even the things of God. You're not getting the blessings of God. So our number one um, occupation should be that we seek the kingdom of God. We are, we are remaining hungry and thirsty for his righteousness 
Okay, that should never stop. As long as we are in this world, you can never stop to be hungry and thirsty for his righteousness. Okay, we are in this world, whether we like it or not. Okay, and this world is not righteous. This world is not holy. This world is not espousing the things of God. But we must make a difference. Okay, we must show the world that it's, 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 a, it's a blessing Okay, because this is what Jesus says. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Okay? Actually, if you are hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God, you will be truly blessed. Not those who are hungry and thirsty for the things of this world. Okay? And, you know, there are a lot of examples. There are some people who are extremely rich. But uh, they are not blessed. They are not blessed whatsoever. Some people have even committed suicide, leaving all the riches that they have accumulated to others who have not done anything. Okay? And uh, the Bible says one day God will actually take those riches from the wicked and give them to the righteous. Okay? So let's understand blessings come in our close relationship with Christ. Okay? When we seek to be fed and seek to be receiving our, 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 our life water, because you know, you, you can't live without, without drinking. Okay? You can live longer without eating than you can live without drinking. So we need to remain thirsty for righteousness, for the righteousness of God. And the good thing is, when we are hungry and thirsty for the righteousness of God, we will be able to receive it. We will be filled. That's, that's amazing, you know. The world can never fill us with, with, with stuff, but God can fill us. God has the capacity to fill us through the blessings which he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they will be filled. Because it will be filled by himself, by God. Okay? And those who are trying to fill themselves, you know, uh, very interesting, you know, people, people can have as much as they can have. They are never, they are never uh, satisfied. Okay? The things of these worlds do not satisfy. The things of God satisfy. Okay? The righteousness of God will satisfy. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So in other words, this is a clear uh, declaration of war for me, myself, and I. You understand? That is uh, totally, you know, directly contrary to selfishness. Okay, and we, we need to learn this. As, as the people of God, we need to learn the very principle that brought Jesus into this world. Jesus came into this, into this world because he wanted to bring mercy to us. Okay? Mercy means we are guilty, but he will still have mercy. Okay? So we, we need to le learn to give mercy to those who have none. And so we must be 
merciful. Have you noticed here? Blessed are the merciful. If you are empty of mercy, you can't give anything. So in other words, you are in close with, uh, uh, proximity with Christ because you will receive mercy from him. Okay? Mercy is the first step. Grace will follow. But mercy is the first step. Okay? Because mercy says, I'm not going to judge you. You're supposed to die, but I'm not going to judge you. That's mercy. And once that has been accomplished, that's when you can receive grace. But you can never receive grace without mercy. So blessed are the merciful. Okay, that means you apply the mercy that God has given to you and that God lets flow into your heart to the people that are around you that actually have not, you know, they're not supposed to receive mercy because they have been guilty, just like all of us. You know, we have received mercy because Jesus was merciful, isn't it? And he brought out of his fullness, from his fullness, all of you have received one blessing after another, isn't it? So blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. So in other words, you give and you receive more. Okay? So, it's also an indication, you know, should we, you know, fall into a ditch, the mercy of God is guaranteed to us. Okay? But even if you dispense mercy, and even if you don't make mistakes, the more mercy is given to you so that you can give it away. Blessed are those. Okay? So these are the blessings that God wants us to enjoy. These are the blessings that God has promised us right from the very start. Okay? That's the foundation of the ecclesia of God, the kingdom of God. Verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Isn't that, you know, what we all desire at the end of the, the day, at the end of our lives? Sometimes we forget that, but at the end of our lives, wouldn't you all want to see God? You know, very interesting, most of the people who are, who are living their lives like, like, uh, like uh, you know, what should I say, like criminals or careless about everything they do. Many of them, like, when the last stretch comes, the last few days come, then all of a sudden they're interested in, in finding out, can I see God? Isn't it? Even people have never believed, people have never gone to church, but when, when it's about to die, then all of a sudden they realize, eh, what is going to come? Okay. Now, the thing, the thing that uh, really is a blessing to all of us is that we already can see God. Not face to face, but we are seeing God in his word. We are seeing God in his wonderful works in our lives. We see God, you know, giving us love for people who we hated before. We see God active in so many different areas in our lives. 
And that's a blessing, you know, that's a wonderful blessing. So, blessed are those who are pure, pure, pure in heart. Okay? So, you cannot see God because now your time has run out on earth and then all of a sudden you, you, you need to start do some cleaning up quickly. It will not work that way. No, we will see God because throughout our lifetime we have cleansed our hearts through the blood of Jesus. Okay? We have... We have submitted ourselves to the, for, to the very uh, mercy and grace of God so that our heart could be clean, you know, that it, our heart could always be uh, made soft and beautiful according to the desire of God. Okay? You cannot make yourself pure in heart. It's not possible. Okay, no one can say, okay, let me do some cleaning exercise over the weekend, you know. Maybe I buy some jig and I buy some uh, other washing powders and so on and then I'll, I'll clean, cleanse myself, I'll cleanse my heart, then I will be pure in heart. doesn't work that way. You know, we will be pure in heart because we are exposed to the washing of the word. Like Ephesians chapter 5 says, you know. We are cleansed by the washing of the word. And that is something that continues day after day, week after week, year after year. You know, that washing is keeping our hearts pure. If we neglect it, we know very well, I'm sure all of us we have uh, experienced that at one time. When we neglect to keep our hearts pure, corruption can come so fast. Okay? And you can do something which year later you regret and says, why did I do this? Okay? That's why, you know, we need to be in constant proximity, you know, from to receive the, the life-giving water of the Lord. Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew who you are speaking to, you would ask and he would give you Living water, okay? So, living water is available by only asking, okay? Jesus was asking this woman, give me some water. And uh, she said, ah, you know, who are you? You are a Jew, we, me, I'm a Samaritan woman. How are you going to ask me? And, and uh, she had her arguments, isn't it? Then Jesus said, if you knew who you're talking to, you would, you would actually ask me. You know, I've asked you, but you had arguments. But you would ask me, and I would give you water of life, living water. She's arguing again. She says, ah, how do you get that living water? You know, do you know how deep that well is? You know? Now, she had no clue what she was talking about. You understand? But uh, Jesus was continuing to talk about it, and all of a sudden, she, she got it. Okay? All of a sudden she got it. Jesus was asking, where's your husband? Okay. I have no husband. And she said, you are right. You know, because you have had so many and now the one you have now is also not your husband. And all of a sudden, you know, he uncovered the heart that was full of, full of mats. Okay. 
She was not pure in heart. And when the light was shining into her heart, she recognized this, this man knows me. Okay? She realized living water was there. Actually, she felt, she felt like the very water that came here was cleansing her life. And what was she doing? She became an evangelist instantly. Okay? She ran to town and she was telling everybody, hey, come, come and see. You know, this must be the Messiah because he told me everything about me. Okay? I, I kept my, my heart closed to him. He didn't know what, what was going on, but he knew it. Okay? He asked me for water. I didn't give him. <laughs> but he gave me. Okay? He gave me living water. He gave me, he gave me light into my dark heart, and he, he cleansed it. And that's amazing, you know? So I think these are the things that we need to really be very, very... Um, sensitive about, okay? You know, very often we, we become uh, uh, routineous, okay? We do things because we always do them. But when we are before the Lord, you know, when we are, especially in the ministry, not only just in the ministry, but everybody, but especially in the ministry, we need to remain connected, you know, we need to, to, to see the living water flow. We need to see the light shining into our hearts. And you know, you should not be afraid when the light of God shines in your heart. You see, John chapter 1 tells us that the people, uh, they rejected Jesus because they loved darkness more than light. Okay? That's a very sad statement. Okay? Because they could have actually been cleansed by that light isn't it? That light could have actually brought the darkness into, into the light and it would have actually been able to, to deal with the darkness. They could have become, they could have received a pure heart. But they were trying to protect. They're saying, no, 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 don't touch us. Okay? And you know, we need to have a pure heart because without a pure heart, we will not see God. You know, we cannot impress God with any statement whatsoever. No matter how eloquent we are, when you stand before God, there's no, no statement required from you. God just shows you your heart and he will tell everything. Okay? And if there's no pure heart, there's no fellowship with God. Okay, so blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. You know, without purity, there is no seeing God. And that's why, you know, look at some of the people, what kind of, uh, what kind of dirt is in their lives, but they want to preach the gospel. It's not going to work. You know, in fact, what the gospel they are preaching is a, is a, is a false gospel. You know, not only they are not seeing God, they are not even seeing the, 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 very, the very plan of God for, for, his, for his ecclesia. Okay? And this is what we see again and again, you know. Uh, without having a pure heart, we cannot see God. Okay? So this was, must be a, a, a number one top priority in our life, that we have a pure heart. 
and that we keep our heart pure. And when there is any, any uh, attempt of the enemy to attack in our heart, we need to quickly let the word of God cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Okay? Blessed are those who have a pure heart. Those who are pure in heart, they will see God. And that's what our destiny is all about. Okay? We are meant to see God. Now, when we are able to have fellowship with God, it will be seen in the world. Okay? And that is the next verse, uh, verse 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be sons of God, or called sons of God. Okay, we have so many troublemakers in the world. Now we have even war makers, you know. Uh, if you have followed the news, you know what is happening in our world. And people are making war, you know, people are killing, you know. Countless people have died. We don't know how many people have died. According to the figures, probably thousands. We have seen people being driven from their homes. They are refugees. You know, we have seen people uh, suffering in many, many different ways. Because people think they have got a right to bring war and, and destroy other people's life. No one has that right. In fact, blessed are those who make peace. And you know, making peace is not easy. Okay? In fact, most of the peace treaties that have been made in, in our world, they have been broken within a very short time. Okay? In fact, most of the peace treaties are not even peace, they are only, they are only ceasefires. Okay? Because for peace, you have to have the Prince of Peace. Okay, you can't, we cannot create peace. You know, the, the peace that is greater than our understanding that should transcend our hearts comes from above. Okay? And that's why Jesus says, blessed are those who are peacemakers. Okay, you can only make peace when you are receiving the blessings of God, when you are in close relationship with God, when, when he pours out his love into your heart, that's when you can make peace. Okay? If you have not, if you have not uh, experienced the peace with God, you can never make peace with other human beings. It's impossible. Impossible. So, blessed are the peacemakers and you know uh, sometimes when you when you're trying to make peace you, you you get into the shooting line of both sides okay because if there's no peace that means two people or more people are fighting each other you know sometimes there's a multiplicity of people fighting each other and then you go in between and says brothers sisters let's sit down then all of a sudden they shoot, don't shoot each other anymore they shall now shoot you <laughs> all of them Okay, so making peace is not, if, not easy. But we have got the promise of Jesus that blessed are the peacemakers. Okay? So in other words, peace has got the power and the authority to bring change. Okay? Ordinarily, peace doesn't come. 
Okay, if two people, if two, if two parties are fighting each other, you know, peace will not all of a sudden fall into the midst and then they will stop. No, peace is, is hard, hard work. You know, that's why you can see wherever there are conflicts, there are negotiators of peace. Okay. In, in our army, uh, Zambian army is in different places in the world to be peace keepers. Okay. And of course, most of the time, it's not even peace keepers, it's just ceasefire keepers. Okay, because the peace has not been made. Okay. We are, we are using sometimes words which are not saying what, what is actually behind. Okay, like, like if you have uh, peacekeepers, like we have had peacekeepers in, in, in Sudan, isn't it? Uh, now they are, we send our troops there to keep the peace, but actually there is no peace. Uh, the two parties have not made peace. They have not even made a peace treaty, but we are just now standing in between to try and keep them from hammering each other, and shooting each other, isn't it? And of course, that costs effort. That is a very noble thing that we can do, you know, being peacekeepers. But of course, we must not just keep the peace, we must make the peace. And uh, like I said, you know, in so many places, in so many conflicts in the world, there is no peace, it's just ceasefire. Okay, you realize you can't win the battle. This is okay, let's uh, lay down the arms for a while. Maybe uh, we, we find a way. Okay, then you keep somebody, you, you bring somebody to keep the peace. The moment you are not watching, they are taking the guns and shoot each other again. Okay, and, and that's why these pieces, peace treaties are usually not really much of, of much value. You know, even if, if, even if uh, uh, you know, let's say um, they, are, they are going to you know, have, have something they agree upon, the peace can very quickly disappear. Very, very quickly because of, because of the uh, human heart that has not been transformed. And the peace of Christ is not there. Give me a moment. Eh? Okay. We all know the song when peace like a river attends my way, you know? But first you have to have the peace. If you don't have peace, isn't it? So peace is very important. And peace you cannot manufacture. 
you know, I think all the peace treaties are uh, evidence of the fact that you cannot manufacture peace. For, the, for peace to prevail, you must have the Prince of Peace. Okay, and that is Christ. Okay, Christ came into this world to make peace between us sinners and our creator, the Holy God. Okay, so God wants us to be peacemakers. And you know what the result is? Peacemakers must be mature. Okay, children cannot make peace. So those who are managing to make peace, they are called sons of God. And that's what we are called, isn't it? That's what we ought to be. Okay? We are ought to be sons of God. If we manage to bring peace, then it's evidence of our relationship, our family relationship with our Father. Okay? It's evidence of our family relationship with our elder brother, if you may use that term. But of course, we are firstborn like he's firstborn. Okay? That's when we are called sons of God. And uh, look at the church, what is happening in the church. Not, I'm not talking the ecclesia now, I'm talking about the church. How many strive uh, uh, how much strife have we seen in, 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 in congregations? How many times have we seen that one group is shutting out the other one and fighting the other one, even getting police Sunday morning, you know? It's a fact. That's a reality, isn't it? That's not what the church ought to be. So which means it's not a reflection of the true image of the ecclesia. And that's why it's so important that we are fully abreast with, with the foundations that Jesus has given to us. You know, if we cannot be peacemakers in our own lives, in our own congregations, you know, in our own families, then we are not sons of God. Then we are at best uh, immature children. Okay? But if we are sons of God, it must be visible through our peacemaking, okay? And the reality is very often not seen, okay? Because it's not there. So really, I think this is something that we, we all need to, to re-look at. You know, I, I really advise you, read this passage of scripture again and again and again and again, okay? And it's not beginning with, with the congregation that you are responsible for. It's beginning with your own heart. Okay? It's beginning with my heart. It's beginning with all of our hearts. Okay? Because only then can we be able to bring transformation into our world. Verse 10. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I mean, 
let's look for let's look at Jesus for a moment you know Jesus was the Prince of Peace the King of Kings the Lord of Lords you know he was the righteous Lamb of God he came in this world he had not hurt anybody in fact he brought the light into the darkness and yet what happened to him he was persecuted and Jesus says if they have done it to me they will do it to you this is something you cannot avoid if, if you have avoided it, then something is wrong in your life. You know, then something is not okay. That means you are not righteous. Okay, because righteousness will always bring the powers of darkness into rage. Okay, the powers of darkness cannot just sit still when somebody is living a life of righteousness. And, and you know, Jesus did not say, blessed are those who suffer, who are, who are persecuted. But those who are, who are persecuted because of righteousness, okay? Because they do the right thing. You know, some people are persecuted because they steal. Okay, if the police is after you because you have cheated, then, uh, then you cannot say, no, they are persecuting me. You know, mine is the kingdom of heaven. No, shut up. <laughs> this is nonsense. So we must understand that we have to leave the context of the scriptures in, in, in order, isn't it? So yes, Jesus was persecuted. You know, at one time, Jesus was asking uh, the people who were trying to, to stone him, for, for which, for which uh, deed are you trying to, to do that? Okay. I've been with you every day. So tell me, if you want to throw stones at me or, or do something wicked to me, tell me exactly what, for what? Because if you are in a court of law, obviously, uh, they will tell you exactly what you are being judged for, isn't it? Unless it's a kangaroo court. You know what a kangaroo court is? So where, where, where people are not watching any, any rules of law whatsoever. But in a proper court, you know, you, are, you may be accused and then you have a right to speak. You have a right to defend yourself. But if you are persecuted for righteousness, they don't give you that right. I mean, I've gone through such, uh, such uh, uh, situations several times, okay? I've been in situations where, where I've been accused, falsely accused, badly accused, you know? And, uh, and uh, you know, there were even brethren, brethren around there, and he says, you know, okay, give me a chance to, to, uh, to defend myself. This is no... You know, the, the accusations against you, they are too beat, uh, bad. You, you can't defend yourself. And they literally didn't even allow me to, 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 to rise up. I know if I would have had the right to defend myself, uh, the, the, whole, the whole lies would have fallen like, like, uh, like, like uh, you know, uh, leaves in, 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 the, in the autumn. But then they didn't give me a chance to defend myself, and then I was judged guilty. Okay, because some few people were raising enough accusations, and then 
they decided guilty verdict. Just like Jesus was, was uh, judged guilty. They couldn't tell him for what. Okay? Even Pilate says, I don't find any, any, any wrong in him, no guilt in him. He even washed his hands and says, I don't want to have anything to do with it. But he still conspired with the work of darkness and allowed them to, to nail him to the cross. You know, I mean, what kind of a leader who allows somebody who is not guilty to be nailed to the cross? Isn't it? Just because he wanted to please the people, because he, they were saying, if you, are, if you are not doing this, then you are not a friend of, uh, of, of Caesar. So in other words, we can destroy your, 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 your reputation. So if he were righteous, then he would have also been persecuted, isn't it? And so what did, what did uh, uh, Pilate do? He didn't want to be persecuted. He didn't want to be accused. So he said, okay, go ahead and do what you want to do. So which means he did not stand for righteousness. Even so, he knew what righteousness was, but he did not stand up for it. If you stand up for it, you might end up at a cross. <laughs> Okay, I'm not necessarily saying literally at a cross, but Jesus did, you know. So clearly, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. This is something you must know you cannot avoid. You can only avoid if you compromise. Pilate compromised. That's why he was not persecuted. Okay. If you are not living a righteous life, yeah, you can live at peace with those guys who are, who are wicked, you know. But if you are upright, you cannot always uh, fend off those who are trying to persecute you. And I'm not saying you must look for problems. No, I'm not saying that. I mean, some people are also a bit foolish when it comes to certain things, you know. But Jesus was not, not foolish. Jesus was just the righteous Lamb of God. Okay? And even so, he was the righteous Lamb of God. Even so, he healed many sick people. Even so, he built the kingdom of God uh, with a lot of patience and a lot of uh, 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 energy. He was still being accused to be the chief demon. Okay? They called him the Beelzebub, the, the, the chief of demons. And yet he was righteous. You know, if anybody had a pure heart, he had it. If anybody was righteous, he was. Okay, if anybody had peace, he had. Okay. But those who accused him, they had none of these things. But they made themselves, they made themselves judges over the son of the living God. And you know, that is going to happen whether you like it or not, because this world is evil. Okay, this world is still ruled by Satan, this, the, the God of this world. So you must understand, you know, to be living for righteousness, whether you like it or not, in one way or the other, you will be persecuted. Okay? You will be persecuted. If there is always happy, nice sunshine, you know, and, and you know, we have such churches on the internet or even on, 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 the, 
on the media where, where there are people always preaching a wonderful, wise and nice matches which, which you can't even have fault with. That's not righteousness. That is foolishness. Okay? Righteousness will hurt. Okay? Will hurt, whether you like it or not. Righteousness is sharper than a double-edged sword. Okay? And if the sword hits you and you don't like it, you will react. Isn't it? So, clearly, God is calling us to keep checking our hearts and our minds and our lives, you know. Because that's how God begins to build his ecclesia. Okay? If you carefully look at uh, what, what uh, uh, you see in Matthew, Matthew is the first gospel, and the first address to the people is, is that message of the Beatitudes. And then, of course, the Sermon of the Mount, like, you know, uh, which goes on to speak about uh, salt and light, the fulfillment of the law, murder, adultery, divorce, oaths, and so on, you know, eye for an eye, uh, uh, all these things that, uh, you know, have been handled in one way in the Old Testament, now handled differently because the Prince of Peace has come. Verse 11, Blessed are you when people insult you. Are you blessed when people insult you? <laughs> But, you know, it's Jesus saying, it's not me. Huh? Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kind of evil things against you because of me. Okay? Again, don't say they say false things about me because, uh, because you have said false things, you know. Then you're, you're not protected. But if it's because of Jesus then you're protected. You're still blessed. Okay, blessed are you when people insult you, number one, persecute you, falsely say all kinds of evil things uh, against you because of me. Okay, if you're a true disciple of the Lord, this will happen. You can't please everybody. You know, when I, when I do... Um, uh, counseling for uh, couples who are about to be married. I usually ask them the question, do you have any enemies? And uh, actually I can't remember any one couple saying yes. They say, no, we don't have enemies. Praise God. You know, the Bible says, what God has put together, let no man separate. Interestingly, he didn't say, let the devil not separate. Because the devil uses human beings. Okay, so it's not the devil, it's human beings. Okay, so if God says, uh, what God has put together, let no man separate. Okay, now a man, man could, be, could be your enemies. They would be the first suspects, isn't it? That they want, they want to separate you. And... Um, I'm so happy for these people that they don't have enemies. I can't say that. I do have enemies. 
But you know what? I didn't make them. In my whole life, I've never, I've never made an enemy, as far as I could tell. Okay, because you can make enemies. Eh? Like Mr. Putin is making enemies now from, uh, of the Ukrainians. But as far as I can tell, and I'm, I'm, I, I may not see the whole, the whole uh, scope. Maybe I have made enemies, you know. Maybe sometimes I say something and people become enemies. But uh, what I tried to say was always out of good intentions. But still, sometimes people, people say, you know, you, 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 you have made me an enemy. But even so, I've not made enemies. I do have enemies. Okay? Because... You know, there is one enemy, that is number one enemy, that is the devil himself. And those who follow the, the devil, they, they might see me as an enemy. Okay? So thank God, if you don't have enemies, you are already blessed. Okay? But don't be sure because, you know, Jesus came to bless the world, you know, to forgive our sins. And yet he ended up with enemies who nailed him to the cross. Did he make enemies? No, he didn't make the enemies. But they rose up in numbers. Okay? So don't be surprised when enemies rise up against you. And, and, and you know, uh, thank God for those innocent people who are saying, no, I don't have an enemy. Uh, if I ask you, have you got an enemy? And they say, no. I would say, be careful. You may not know that there are enemies who are after you. Okay, who have got their own agenda in, in, in their lives. Okay, so just to cut this uh, uh, story short, okay, when I asked them, do you have enemies, they say no, okay. When the Bible says, when, when God says, let what God has put together, let no man separate, there are other categories of human beings. Huh? If, enemy, if you don't have enemies and they don't separate you, that doesn't mean you are, you are safe because you have got relatives. And relatives are number one culprits of separating others, you know, separating couples. Have you noticed? Yes. Or you have friends, you know, friends who have been very close to you, and now you're getting married to this chap, and all of a sudden you, 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 you throw me on the side, you know? You know, some, some friends become enemies. Look in scripture. I mean, there were some people who were walking with David who were walking, you know, as friends and then they become enemies. It's, it's a reality. You can't be sure that you don't have an enemy. So if, if I ask you, do you have enemies? And you say no, I say, be careful. You know, do some reconnaissance, you know, do some investigations, do some, some uh, intelligence. Okay. Because you may never know somebody is planning to, 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 to attack you anytime. So don't be sure that you don't have enemies. Okay, that's besides the point. But then, you see, even your friends could turn into enemies. Even your, your relatives could turn into enemies. And then, of course, most of all, and this is what most of the people forget, okay? Even the two who say you love you, you love each other, you can turn into enemies. Okay, why would people divorce? Okay, most of the people who divorce, they are not being divided by enemies, or not even by their friends, or even by their relatives, but they are divided because they, 
they are, they are misunderstanding each other. Their lovers become enemies. And some, sometimes the, the fiercest enemies are those who love each other most. Okay? So don't be sure. Okay? If somebody asks you, do you have enemies? Just tell them I'm still doing some intelligence. <laughs> I'm still gathering. Because the devil is real, you know? So don't be so sure. So blessed are you when people insult you. Not because you are supposed to be insulted, but just because you are you're a follower of Christ. When they persecute you, when they falsely say all kinds of evils against you because of me. You know, people are very clever to say evil things against others. Okay, because, they, you know, they know one thing, they cannot fight God. They cannot fight Christ, but they can fight you. If they hate God, how, how, how are they going to fight God? It's not possible. So they, they will fight you. They will twist the truth. You know, one of the things that, you, you know, you should actually watch. I don't know how many of you are watching the news about this war. You know, you should see how these enemies are twisting the truth to, to I mean, to say exactly the, the opposite. What they are doing, that's what they're accusing the others. Okay? Now, this is not necessarily because they follow Christ, but if you're following Christ, you know why these things happen. Okay? When an enemy is fighting you, you know, it has a reason. It's very important for us to to be aware of these things. So, God wants to bless you. Okay? God wants to bless the ecclesia. He is building the ecclesia. I will build my church. Okay? And the gates of hell. Okay? Whatever the devil is engineering, it will not, it will not work. Okay? It can hurt you. It can, it can make your life difficult. You know, you may have passages in your, in your journey that are very, very hard. Tomorrow we are going to look at one of these passages of scripture. You know, even that you can despair on life itself. Okay? But then, thank God, he's on the throne. And, you know, even in that very same situation, Jesus calls you blessed. Okay? So, number, verse 3, blessed. Verse 4, blessed. Verse 5, blessed. Verse 6, blessed. Verse 7, blessed. Verse 8, blessed. Verse 9, blessed. Verse 10, blessed. Verse 11, blessed. Wow. But you know, all of these scriptures are conditional. All of these blessings come only when we are fulfilling the conditions of that word. Okay? If you come and you are not poor in spirit, then you can't be blessed. If you come and you are not mourning for those shortcomings of your life, then you will not be blessed. If you are not meek, then you cannot be blessed. If you are not hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you are not blessed. If you are not merciful, you are not blessed. If you are not pure in heart, you are not blessed. If you're not a peacemaker, you're not blessed. If you're 
not you know going through these things that are hard to accept persecution lies and and insults if you are refusing to stand for for the lord so that you are not not insulted that you're not accused then you're not blessed okay okay finally verse 12 rejoice okay when you are blessed you have reason to rejoice isn't it and this is what we should never forget you know jesus says rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same ways they persecuted the prophets where they were who were before you okay so jesus said i've come as the lamb of god but there are certain things which are still the same you know so in this regard the old testament and the new testament are the same okay prophets have gotten the fiercest opposition you can ever imagine many of god's true prophets died okay not because they were unrighteous no but because they were standing for their lord okay and the hatred of uh, the kingdom of darkness hit them to a, a very great extent but you know the good thing is when we learn to live this lifestyle that is uh, outlined to us in the beatitudes then we are blessed you know 11 times blessed and the number 12 is we can be rejoiced and we can be glad okay which is a blessing too okay so this is the apostolic blessing okay 12 times blessing apostolic blessing okay rejoice and be glad because great is your rewards that's the greatest blessing you know do you know that god has a reward for us you know it's very unfortunate that some people uh, unfortunately even some christians they want to reward themselves before their time they are trying to engineer things so that they can get a reward but wait for the reward of god because that reward nobody takes from you the reward that you are engineering yourself will be a reward that can easily disappear okay because it's not given to you by god but the, the, the reward that jesus gives you is eternal okay cannot be under assault from any human being and not even the devil himself so let's go for the reward of god and you know as we are building the ecclesia of god it's rewarding you know it's giving us chance to rejoice and be glad because even so we may not see the end result yet we are seeing again and again how god is blessing the preaching of our word or let me say his word because we are just we are just uh, you know spokesmen we are spokesmen we are carrying the truth and that's why the bible says how lovely are the feet of him who brings good news so keep preaching good news okay 
keep considering these wonderful words that Jesus has said at the very beginning of his ministry. Everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus continues saying is built on these very principles. Okay? And these are blessing principles. Provided we fulfill the conditions that are attached to each one of these blessings. Okay? Blessings do not come by, by, by us being naughty or being forceful. No, blessings are clearly described. Jesus describes very clearly how these blessings will come into our lives. Okay? I went to the dentist the other day and uh, uh, the, the lady who is supporting the dentist told me about uh, one of the colleagues she has who is hunting for blessings. So she has now gone to I, I don't know how many prophets to get the blessings. Of course, you know, the blessing that she is looking for is her husband. <laughs> and the husband doesn't come. So when she got her, her, her payout for, for some gratuity, she took the whole money to the, to the prophet so that she can be able to, to get the hold of the blessing. How foolish can we be? You know? You can't buy the blessings of God. But the blessings are for free. All we need to do is just live the way God wants us to live. Okay? It's so sad, you know? People are living to hunt for, for blessings and what they get is empty promises. Okay, they, they don't get anything. And then what I don't understand is that people are not, le not learning, you know. They get one empty promise after another and they will still do it. It's like hooked, being hooked. You know, this, this is what Jesus says, they cannot see the kingdom of God, they're living in darkness. When you live in darkness, you may do the same thing uh, in the futility of your thinking because, you know, everybody is doing it. Even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't uh, bring any results. You know, it was Einstein who said, uh, the foolishness of believing that uh, you will have a different result when you're doing the same thing will not take you anywhere, okay? You do the same thing, but you are expecting different results, no. If what you're doing is foolish, it, the foolishness will be the result, okay? So if you want blessings, then you have to consider the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'll end up here today. And uh, I think in the morning, uh, I want to encourage you uh, that you that you look at this uh, um, foundation that we have talked about and uh, then we, we, we take it from there. Okay, so thank you very much for having come in good numbers. I know today is uh, our Friday, but this day is important. So those friends of yours who are coming to join later on, tell them what we have done. Okay, tell them to read these scriptures. Okay, very important. Because we are building on this as we, as we go.
Okay, thank you. I want to just ask 